You're listening to I vs. I with Dr. Broderick and Zookman. I vs. I podcast.com. Nothing on the show is medical advice or medical care. Content advisory. This episode does discuss self-harm and suicidality. If you're not in a good, stable place with your mental health, you might want to consider skipping this one and come back to it at another time. And we're here with Dr. Broderick Sawyer. I'm Jesse Zookman. What up? I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, patience, hope, grace, recovery, all of these things that uh, we don't really, we, we talk about like recovery, but we don't really talk about how to recover. We don't talk about the mindset of healing and like what mm-hmm. that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, you know, for me and a lot of people, we realize we mm-hmm. have a problem we realize there's an issue and we want to get it done yesterday. We want to mm-hmm. fix we want to fix our mental health problems right now. 3 weeks of therapy, out the door, no more mental health problems, move on and uh, go back to working 60 hours a week. Hmm. Um is is this hmm. the mindset for uh Oh yeah. Well yeah, so the interesting thing here um, is that the mindset that led to the problem cannot be the same mindset that leads to the solution. But the, you know, in that way, we talk about production and success and achievement. So we live in this capitalist society where it's all about production. And I read um, an interesting quote. It said that, um, people who work at jobs are not capitalists. They're workers. You know, they're the producers. The people who own that space, they're the capitalists. So they're, it's built on exploitation. Um, so you're stuck in this like production based, success based like mindset. So then when we suffer, um, in any way, shape or form, then we try to approach things from the mindset that's most natural to us. And if we're in a system, society that you know, trains a certain way of thinking and reinforces it, then you're going to think that that's the right way. Um, so then that leads to people with uh, mental health issues to apply um, something, a solution to a, to a problem um, that just doesn't fit. Um, because mental health and recovery, it's really uh, on its own time. Um, but what we can do is we can create an environment that supports uh, things moving faster. Um, and I think when it comes to uh, giving ourselves grace, so grace grace is understanding that you're doing the best that you can and you are your best self in this but moment. But like for real. And you, right, because we say yeah. that, right? Like in our culture, we mm-hmm. say, "Oh, you know, there, we're mm-hmm. well, he's doing the best he can." Like, like then he gets right? shamed, and it's like two it's seconds like, later. Well, he's doing the best, which means you're not doing very good, right? It's very easy to hear. Well, he's doing the best that he can, which means trans. At least, like the way mm-hmm. I hear it, or I used to, was well, you're kind of failing. You're doing the best that you can. But there's like a whole other doing the best you can that I think a lot of people with mental health issues uh, need mm-hmm. to, ex- or, or, or it might be helpful to explore, 
which is doing the best you can, really means doing the best you can while taking care of yourself, while mm -hmm. resting, while not pushing yourself too far, while being sustainable and making progress, even if it's one foot in front of the other, baby steps. Yeah. Yeah. And the other piece of this, right, the distinction between doing the best you can in, uh, you know, um, in a helpful versus hurtful way, it's all about self-validation. Okay. So if I am trying to measure up to the best of others, then I'm not really acknowledging myself. Um, so in that way, it's not just stating that I'm doing the best I can. Like, like there's a way to say, oh yeah, I'm doing the best I can, you know, so that's the best I can do, whatever, you know, um, it's more like, wow, hey, yeah, I'm trying really hard here. You know, I'm really putting myself in a position and intending on putting myself into a position uh, to heal, to recover. Um, and I think that level of self-appreciation for the effort uh, to really take on um, the challenge of getting better, mm -hmm. um, that is very, very sacred. And not many people do it because I think also to give our best effort to actually believe with conviction that I will continue to work until I work myself out of this, no matter what walls or what doors are closed in front of me, I'm going to find other, other ways. That's very vulnerable to do because you open yourself up for many, many closed doors, many, many letdowns, many difficult nights where you're maybe um, trying to resist, you know, getting up and, you know, going to drink some Jack Daniels, you know, or, or trying to, you know, um, let's say someone with uh, borderline personality disorder, trying to um, use uh, a certain coping skill that your therapist taught you to regulate some emotion in an, in a, an intense interpersonal situation when not just, when just not a, uh, just about like a month ago, you were maybe going to yell or you were going to cut or these different things. But here you are resisting that urge and you're learning to sit with a lot of pain, a lot of pain. And that's why we're not patient with the process is because there's so much pain that we're so tired of dealing with. We're just tired of it. And, um, and I think when we open up to that pain and we expose that wound to the air, we see it and we're more aware of it. So now, not only do I have this, this issue, you know, for myself personally, not only now do I have uh, some trauma, um, but now I'm aware of it, not in a just, I know like my past, but now I know, I know like how it's playing out in my day to day life and I'm watching that. So it becomes louder. And then there might be a reaction to that. Like, oh, I didn't know it was this bad. Mm -hmm. Or I didn't know it was this hard to change this. And then there can be a lot of sense of defeat, sense of being let down. And that's where this uh, philosophy of, of giving oneself grace, you know, which is really just this attitude of self-validation, really taking on a philosophy of good enoughness. Um, 
understanding how monumental the task is too. Then this, our expectations uh, loosen when we validate how difficult it is to do what we're trying to do. And then patience develops, not because we're trying to be patient, but because we understand the situation. Similar to self-compassion. Self-compassion isn't something you do. It's something that you understand when you can see the situation clearly. Um, and I think we, you and I have talked about this before, like uh, mental health awareness, it's all about how bad it is, how bad it is, how bad it is. Um, when we talk about, you know, I think you mentioned a few articles, you know, oh, well, you know, depression is like this. And it's always like in these, these dark, dark places and there in the article and you feel kind of shitty. You don't feel hopeful. You feel shitty. Uh, but there are plenty of narratives that highlight the, you know, self-compassion that highlight patience, that highlight hope, that highlight healing. Um, but those more empowering narr narratives aren't being lifted up. Um, which is a big part, you know, of why we talk about what we talk about in the ways that we do. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's to, why I I, yeah. I started this whole, you know, I started mental health media. That's why I started mental radios because I want those stories of persistence, of grinding, of hope, of like of 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 showing people what recovery really looks like if the first thing doesn't doesn't catch on, right? Which is for a lot, if not most people, but how do you get there? I mean, this is nice to say, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but like, no, please yeah, do it more. Know, like, okay. Like if like, I have a lot of people in my life who are frustrated that they don't get better. They've maybe they've gone to a few therapy sessions and they really, they don't get that. This is a full, that this is a life work that there isn't, an easy solution that it might take more than one answer. It might take changes in how you live. It might changes in how you treat your physical body. It might take integrating into a community. And it also might take being with and feeling past traumas and doing the therapy work of creating new narratives about yourself and your life. That's an, a tremendous amount of things. So how do we get people to see that when they do? They do that like yeah. two, three weeks. Oh, yeah, I told the story. I told uh, my therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how do you get them to see what recovery is, which is life oh, work, yeah. which is universe work? It's like. Oh, I got you. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's um, the, really the metaphor we want to use. And I use this with a lot of different folks is. Um, that I that I see that that come into therapy, and what they'll say is, "Okay, I have a sickness, and I need you to remove that sickness." Very medicalized right. model. The problem is you can't see a psychological disorder underneath a microscope, and then and then inject some serum that then removes the disorder mm -hmm. like that. It doesn't work like that. Um, but people are coming in and they're expecting that with their psychological health. Um, so now at that point, we wanna see the leaves and the tree. So the tree is maybe uh, my identity, my narrative. Um, the tree is maybe trauma. The tree is maybe societal dynamics, all these very complex things. Whereas the leaves are your symptoms. Those are the things we see that drive us into therapy. So symptoms might be avoidance of large crowds. It might be 
we're talking like OCD, it might be compulsing, you know, for hours on end and hand washing or mental rituals or, or just, or like just that. being or depressed, see, staying, sleeping all day, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, being too anxious, visible to like, things. I, a lot of people right now, they're so anxious. They can't even walk around the block, even though they know, uh, you know, that, yeah. that's probably safe. So you're, yeah. you're dealing with that. So you then, wanted to get it removed. Mm -hmm. How do you get people to like really understand that it's not that? Yeah. 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 So now once we understand that the medical model is rooted in uh, taking away symptoms, but not addressing the cause for psychology. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the issue. So in, in modern medicine, um, when we say that there's some condition when you define the condition, there's also um, a narrative of why it's caused, exactly what happened, all of that different stuff. Um, but that's with the physical body. And our physical bodies, you know, in large part, they're very much the same. They don't involve uh, as much perception that's involved with psychological disorders. So let me explain that. So if I view myself if my mother views herself in a certain way and projects all that stuff onto me, it makes me feel shame and different things. I have a very unique set of trigger points, a very unique set of things that I have individually inherited and no one else has ever inherited those same things. So now with my therapist, it's not a process of figuring out what the, the problem is and getting to the root of it because there's only there's only me. I'm the only com standard of comparison mm -hmm. for that. Um, so I need to figure out and really go within and provide my own answers. So therapists, uh, they are stepped back, right? So they're not going in and saying, yeah, this happened to you and that happened to you and da, 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 you need to look at it that way or this way or da, da, da. Um, they're a good therapist providing space for you to explore yourself about things that were previously unconscious or previously unknown to you um, or things that you've inherited and picked up along the way um, that you've integrated into your identity that then lead to distressing emotions in certain situations that then leads to behaviors and, and things and symptoms, right? So the tree is what you've learned about yourself and the world and how you're relating to your inner world. So that's very, very deep, deep work. And what you're doing is you're altering your consciousness, okay? So that, once you understand that, so once that's explained, that's how deep this really goes, then you can start to see, okay, so my initial view of going in and, and going out, that's if I want symptom reduction, sir, because I have some folks um, on my caseload who are just like, dude, I just want to be able to not be anxious you know, in this specific situation, I don't want to do that extra shit. Like I understand, you know, what it is. I understand that I could relapse or whatever, but right now this is what I'm willing to do. And that's okay if you're wanting to do symptom reduction, but symptom reduction isn't healing. Symptom reduction is, is band-aiding, you know, and if that's the, the approach you want to take, like I get it, you know, I totally get it. Um, but in terms of um, complete healing and all those different things, we need to, um, we need to see that it's not a quick fix. And we live in a quick fix culture and the quick fixing is the reason for the disorder in the first place. So when someone is, is a child, right. And then their parent, each time the kid gets sad, they tell them, Oh, suck it up. You know, now they're, they're teaching their child to shove down their sadness because it's quicker and it's easier just to shut the hell up about things rather than open them up and be messy about them and address them. 
That's how complex reality is. That's how complex emotions and humans are. So the way you've been interacting with yourself, the way that other people have been acting, interacting with you has, has not included, um, you know, that complexity, you know, so it's almost like you're trying to solve a math problem, but you're not being honest about how complex that problem is um, because you've learned to view yourself as not complex. Well, it's simple. I'll just I'll just like beat up my sadness, you know, so you're sort of approaching, you know, the you're approaching a problem which was caused by suppression and skipping over things with suppression and skipping mm-hmm. over things and just beating yourself you know? up. And then, yeah, because you can't. Right. But then you don't beat yourself up if you understand what the problem is. If you see the full problem, self-blame, it becomes illogical because you can see how mm. helpless you are. Now, helpless, I don't mean like helplessness in a depressive sense. I mean, helplessness meaning you didn't have control over who you were born to, what society you were born into, or you didn't have control over what you were told by how to interact with your emotions. You know, your parents maybe didn't have control over what they were exposed to. And now you kind of see that these conditions just cause something and you don't have as much control as you thought you did, you know? And so um, compassion is for the human condition, understanding that, hey, there's a lot of suffering here and I didn't, I didn't cause this and I can't just turn it off, right? And that's like a new reality. I even think about um, uh, Keanu Reeves in, in The Matrix, I remember when he got on, when he got out of the matrix and he was like, he's like throwing up on the flight deck and he's just like adapting to this new reality. I mean, he had, it took him weeks before he was even willing to talk to anybody about this new reality. Cause here he was living in this place. Like, yeah, I can, you know, and just thinking, you know, making this comparison to, you know, someone in therapy for depression. Yeah. Yeah. I can just, I can skip over this. Like the, everything I know says that I can just shove down my sadness or I can, you know, speed up or I can do all these different things and I'll be fine. Bang. But then when you're saying, no, that's not actually the way and you don't have that much control, there's resistance against that. People don't want to feel helpless in that way. But they also there's a dialectic there because you have a certain amount of control, you know, but if you're trying to, you know, pull a nail out of a piece of wood with the same end that put it in, like then it's just it's just not going to work and you're going to get more frustrated. And then we get more frustrated. What are you going to do? You're going to beat yourself up more and more and more. And then you're going to build on to that helplessness. But I think it's much more helpful to be grounded in the reality of human suffering and how difficult it actually is. And I don't think the field of psychology, they try to simplify things to make things simple for consumers. Um, but uh, if you have a product, which is if it's um, if you want to simplify things and you're peddling notebooks, like great, simple message, not high stakes. When it comes to people's health and wellness and psychological well-being, you need to be honest about that shit, about how complex healing is and trauma is and all of these things. Simplicity is great, um, but it's better just to be honest with people about how complex this all really is. People are smart. Just talk to them like they're smart and they'll understand and they'll see it. It took me so long. I had I had therapists tell me your shame is your parents' shame. It's not yours. It took four years for, for that to sink in. <laughs> so I don't know. I can only hope that if if I also didn't have any peers telling me that, right? So I can only hope by more and more people talking on podcasts like this and on social media about those recovery stories. Uh, about what it really took, maybe that can speed things up because we are we're taught so much this like it's all up to you. 
Um, you're, you are responsible for your entire reality. And again, right? Like you don't want to say that's not true because people do have agency to get better. Mm-hmm. Like just they do. totally. Like even if so, some of the people that have, that have used their agency to heal the most are some of the people that have been the most fucked by society that I know have like been able to switch gears and find a way and find that path towards healing. So you don't want to give that up at the same time. You didn't put, you didn't put that thorn in your side. Right. And the fact, and and then Mm -hmm. the fact, the reason uh, that you didn't have the tool to remove that thorn also wasn't your fault and sheer willpower only drives the thorn in deeper. So um, it's all of those things. And it kind of takes that. And maybe we just, we keep talking about it and keep talking about it. uh, And maybe uh, we can get there. Um, Yeah, man. It's a, it's a philosophical issue. If I'm assuming something, if I'm, if I'm trying to solve a problem and assuming and, and making the wrong assumption at the foundation of the house, the whole house, anything I build, like you're saying, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be off, you know? Um, so I think it's other, another way. It's also this all or nothing thinking. It's either I'm on the path of recovery or I'm not, you know? So anything that I act out on, it means I'm relapsing. You know, if I have a tough day as a person, you know, with depression, that means I'm, you know, I, I can't heal. You know, I'm done. You know, when I have a good day, oh, good, I'm healed all the way. And then when I have that attitude about it, and then the next day when it's not that way, now I'm like, oh, no, see, like I was wrong. So then we can't just be present with our experience. This is all about just just presence. You are what you are in the present moment. And when we keep comparing one moment to the next, then we don't allow our our process of healing to really unfold. We don't get we don't we miss things. We see our expectations rather than the things in front of us. Um, and I think this is where um, you know another thing that I really want to speak to. I'm not exactly sure how to word it, but I'll just I'll just go. Um, people with people with mental illness and recovering from mental illness, they can live fulfilled lives before they are recovered. They can. And I think a lot of folks think to themselves, I can't be in a relationship before I'm, I'm recovered, you know, and in a certain level, you know, like you might have to be able to do a few things, you know, effective communication, emotion regulation, but, you know, completely, completely, you to know, some degree, you or, need to do those um, things. But keep in mind, most people can't yeah. do those things. <laughs> the most people can't do them, right? Right. Um, what is health? But uh, yeah, and and also just chasing chasing dreams. Mm. You know, like living a fulfilled life, like having values, valuing your values. You know, really developing a sense of peace with the things that I like to do. Because um, for a very you know for a while there, you know, for myself. Um, I could still, I still tried very often to feel a sense of enjoyment and peace, you know, but then in the moments in between when I'm struggling, those are moments of struggle. It doesn't, just because I'm struggling in some moments, it doesn't negate, you know, the deep peace that I might feel in, and I don't know, like, like watching a basketball game or laughing with friends, you know, laughing fully, living fully. It's not all or nothing. And this is a very, very, big thing that I see with a lot of uh, patients 
uh, is just this idea that, oh, I'm depressed, so I'm not supposed to ever be happy or I'm not really depressed, you know? Um, so I would encourage folks, you know, a part of grace and a part of self-compassion is allowing yourself uh, to still live your life, even though you have uh, mental health issues. And here are my, um, you know, I know there's the the uh, the sort of warning label in our introduction about this not being medical advice. But here, let me give you further. Uh, these are like my made up statistics that I share with everyone. Um, I would guess that if we did like a psychology assessment of everyone on the globe, there's about like 40% of folks, 40 to 50 to 60 to maybe 70% of folks, yeah, I'm making up stats, that are diagnosable with something, mm -hmm. you know, um, that would, if they were to address that thing, that they would live a more fulfilled life. They would feel happier. They would feel more in tune with themselves. They'd feel like they could experience their emotions. More serenity. Um, you know, in a more fuller. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think we stigmatize uh, mental illness a lot, but really you can't, um, you can't say that people are weirdos or somehow strange just because they went in and sought help because there's many, many people who just aren't. Um, so, you know, kudos to you to taking that on just because you don't look at a wound doesn't mean it doesn't fester. Um, so you're taking the choice to not only um, address the wound, but just because I have a scrape in my knee doesn't mean I'm not going to laugh at this episode of, of whatever. Doesn't mean I'm not going to, you know, taste this food and really enjoy it. And that's the importance of a presence of self-compassion of allowing yourself those moments um, and it makes the path to recovery much easier and you're more patient because you're focused on just the moment and you're allowing yourself again those those moments of of peace um, so you can actually rest and then the uh, the last thing I'll say about this is the paradox of that is in those moments of joy of peace of allowing yourself to just be and just appreciating your your uh, whatever's in front of you, um, that actually puts uh, drops in the bucket of recovery. Mm -hmm. So you might feel like, well, I'm not processing my traumas, so that means I'm not doing recovery. Now I need to put in more time in recovery. To da 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 da. Um, well, if you're hanging out with a validating friend and you're telling this friend about something you're excited about and they're getting excited with you, guess what? That's a corrective emotional experience. You're working on, you know, maybe you had an invalidating uh, parent who invalidated you. So anyone in your life who's validating you and you're speaking to that person and you're acting with person, that's actually putting drops in the bucket of recovery and healing. There is such a thing as positive psychology. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't just have to focus on the negative to heal. We can also integrate the positive. And that also allows us, it gives us hope. It keeps us going um, and also just validates, you know, our job are on this, you know, earth. And this is just, um, you know, I guess my own personal uh, philosophy is self-realization. It's complete growth. It's developing full happiness. And if I'm not working on those things every day, um, then what's the, the point of living anyway? This is me outside of my diagnoses. This is me just as a mm -hmm. human. I want to be, you know, I want to get to know myself. I want to spread joy to the world. I want to connect with others around me. Um, sometimes I'll be sad, sure, but how do I, you know, live down both of those realities and be aware 
you know, and awake for all of it. Um, yeah. Well, as always, we've taken what a concept or an idea that a lot of people think were very, well, it was very simple and made it, um, as complicated uh, as can be, as complicated as the universe, as complicated as reality, but hopefully we are successful at giving people a little bit more hope, a little bit more freedom, and uh, just an idea of just uh, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. much more expansive some of these uh, concepts are and how much more uh, inclusive and available they are to you. Uh, so yeah, we'll go to, to episode two. I'm going to talk a little bit about... Uh, to my experience about what happens when you don't give anybody any grace whatsoever. And that person is yourself. Um, any mm-hmm. last words uh, before we do that, Dr. Broderick? No, All sir, right. man. Perfect ending right. right there. Very man. good. I'll see you on the other side. Yes, sir.